You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. Thank you so much for listening along. I'm loving the episodes we've been putting forward recently and I hope you have too. Really excited. We've got Carl Hardy-White back in the studio, my construction supervisor. Love having a chat with him. And I flagged earlier on our last episode that we were going to talk about some of the real issues going on in Perth's building industry right now. Stuff that we see on the sidelines and we get frustrated by price rises, time delays. But Carl's actually on the coalface of this on a daily basis having to deal with it. He's the one having to try and find the contractors. He's the one with the delays. He's the one with dealing with the price rises, guys walking off jobs and all that sort of stuff. So all of us really should be listening to how, how it is from him. And I thought, well, why not get you back in to have a chat? Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us back. Hey, I don't know where to start, but maybe it's what? worth starting a year ago and giving us a bit of a baseline as to what your life was like as a construction supervisor and how the relationships were with guys, what the sort of rates were, if you can give us some standard rates maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we'll, we'll start to move into how things have changed into now and where you see the future as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, well, this time a year ago is what COVID's kind of full swing at this time last year, I would say. So, to start off the bat, I would say it very lightly affected myself in my role. Still got to go. In fact, it was an excuse to be able to go out of the house every day. You know, because you were an exempt category to go work. Yeah, exactly. We're still yep. deemed as essential work. So, I was working Saturdays, which was good. I got to get out of the house. Otherwise, I would have gone insane. But the workload was very different then to now it was a lot quieter it was a bit more probably plateauing more so uh, on the way up slightly but then so how many jobs might you have been managing at the time oh you can go from anywhere from 20 to 40 depending on what company you work for yeah a better builder would generally try and manage the numbers so you can you can obviously service your clients and your jobs better but it was a lot more manageable Um, a year yeah yeah exactly right and then you know smaller numbers can often mean a bit bigger distance that you travel to each job so it's all part, part and parcel. Because the builders were really hurting a year ago. They yeah. were in probably, when we were signing contracts a year ago, it was probably the biggest discounts pretty much at a zero profit line just to keep in the kilns running mindset from most of the builders. Yep. It was as hard as it ever got. Yeah, absolutely. And regardless know, of COVID. were able to do far more inclusions, you know, far more own supplied works, far more things to... More flexibility. Yeah, entice clients to be able to want to come and build and... That alone comes with its own other challenges. Whereas versus now, or you know, say six months ago, with the the peak of all of the grants and the sales, and for salesmen, a lot of those sales were walk-ins, like people coming into them, obviously because they were chasing the grant. Whereas the flip side, a year ago, salesmen were having to be absolutely peak at their job and be able to sell and be able to build a relationship with the client. Not saying they're not now, but. Yeah, it's, it's just a flip side. They had to extremely work for their for their money and, and to get the clients in the door for the company as well. Everything was you know working quite smoothly a year ago. You didn't have to worry about getting the work in, but when it came in, uh, you know you had the trades available. Yeah, tell us what you know nah, in terms so, of how long it took to get guys. If you booked a guy, how quickly would it would they come? And did you ever have conversations about price? Were they even about getting him down rather than him getting you up? Nah, I would say a year ago it was still all it was all steady. It it wasn't until the grant stuff got announced and then released that it didn't even happen autonomously. It was like coming up to the end of last year, everyone knew it was hitting this year, like start to happen. And then, so yeah, I would say last year was steady. Most builders and supervisors will have their, you know, their loyal trades, the trades that they've worked with for years, built the relationship with, 
they both, you know, thought there's trades that work for me and might work for another supervisor, but predominantly mine because I have that relationship. They understand how I work. I understand how they work. Both know what we expect and need from each other, communicate. You know, it, it, some of them you're almost fr- you basically are friends with them. You can have a beer with them, but uh, yeah, it's it's very different now. Now you've got a lot more trades industry that you don't know, and you have to take trades on that you might not have worked with before because there's that much work. Mm. And then in saying that, that much work then gives more power to the trade to go well. I can pick and choose rather than me doing one job of mine might be in one suburb, then the next one's forty minutes away, and it was just that's your next job. Now it's well, I can go work for this supervisor in this this other company and have ten in this one suburb. Loyalty is good and it's it's abundant in the industry, but at the same time, money talks in nearly nearly any industry. So well, that's the reality. So have you yeah. found that some subbies that you've worked with for years who you thought you had a really loyal relationship with mm. that sort of came undone in the last couple of months? Yeah, not not too many, honestly. Overall, again, we we've, we've had to put our rates up to be competitive in the industry with other builders and other companies. So. Um, there's always going to be a high, the highest paying you know builder or company in in any industry, and they get the best trade. Yeah, as well. you can't always compete with that. But as long as you're competitive, you aren't that short of the overall what everyone's looking at and paying. Your relationships can generally stick around, and most about well, all of our bricklayers are stuck around, except for maybe the odd one or two that. You know, and again, I can understand why money's money. If you can, in some instances, you know, get an extra thousand dollars a job or something, it's it's hard to say no to that. And loyalty essentially doesn't feed you; it doesn't pay your bills. You know, relationship doesn't. So you can take it the wrong way and go, "Oh, he's never coming to work for me again." Or we can go, "Look, I can understand he was just trying to make a bit more of a living." And well, there's making a bit would. more of a living, and now there's a situation where really the building in the building trades in the most part, I've got the builders by the balls. Oh, you got a situation, and then obviously the client pays for it in most in, in in a lot of cases now. Think about a year ago, a brickie was working for as little as eighty cents for a roughie. Uh, you know, into the early early dollars for a face brick. Yep. A lot of companies now we're hearing numbers that up to nearly three bucks. Yeah, exactly. So like you say, the standard, you know, the, the most project builders are on the Florentine. So your two course block and same thing with your two course internal bricks. The average was I think around about ninety cents. Like you say to dollar twenty to a dollar thirty, dollar forty, depending on the builder. Obviously, the niche of the builder, the bit more they can pay. And we're talking some some cases nearly double that now plus bonuses on top you know plus if you can do a certain amount of jobs in a row a bonus if you and bricks have gone up timber's gone up Air, the price from the suppliers for their materials have yeah. gone up so it's so, not just the supply it's also it's not just labor yeah. it's also supply yeah absolutely so you know you got trades i wouldn't say demanding more but taking taking it to us to pay more then suppliers need more it's costing more to get supplies here. Obviously, COVID is always a factor in the background, but when the homes are sold and the contracts and that are made, that's not now. That was that's in the past. So that was when things were at maybe a dollar sixty a brick and a dollar ten a brick. There's fire over that now. So again, I see from the client's point of view that for a builder to come back and go, oh, you need to pay this extra money. It's it's quite a rude shock. But at the same time, if every builder just absorbed that added additional cost. And we're talking just bricklay here. If you add that up over every other trade and service throughout a build, everyone would just shut shop. Most be working for nothing. Yeah, you still need to be competitive. So, you know, you can't just hike the prices up and chuck margins. Everyone's got to be competitive in such a, a busy, dense industry that, you, yeah, you, you can't just absorb that type of cost 
or from your bottom line because you just wouldn't you just wouldn't survive. Well, let's talk about it. We've we've seen, for example, with a lot of stuff that we've had quoted from our developments, prices were quoted at low low one dollars back in maybe September last year. It's coming to a point now after development applications come through and we're getting close to getting to site to get to be able to get the grants. We've signed all these contracts over Christmas. Those contracts obviously become void sometime around March. We're still getting DA. DA comes through in April. Get ready to go to site and get financed. Obviously, the builder now has an opportunity to revise their prices based on their quotes they're getting from their subcontractors, and we're seeing some pretty crazy numbers come through. Some of our stuff is is really up about ten to twelve percent across the whole build. Uh, and the biggest part of that, for example, on a on a triple X development we're doing right now, is a fifty thousand dollar increase in the brick laying, and that is really going from a fifty thousand dollar cost to a hundred thousand dollar cost for just for brick laying. Yeah. And you, so you think this one team of three or four blokes is getting paid double for the same amount of work. It's insane to think. These guys are getting paid more than lawyers. So it's a lot of money out there. I'm not going to lie, they, they are getting paid a lot. It's Again, it's a flip side though because when it was quiet, their rates were, you know, what they were getting paid 20, 25 years ago. Unsustainably so, low, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, okay. for most, yeah. I, I would say it's, it's, you know, builders got to be competitive so they need to make house prices as low as they can to to be competitive to make this so otherwise it's again becomes not worth it but again you know fuel goes up food goes up uh, clothes everything in life has got more expensive the last 25 years but rates never as really fast budge. as this though yeah this is, you know this is something wage all... increase for across nearly every industry is pretty poor so for them to be able to now have the opportunity to make a lot more money it's hard to say no to that and just go no i'm happy with what i'm getting exactly the hard thing though is is that it's moved so quickly it's not something that's moved over the space mm. of a couple of years it's moved over the space of really four Huge. to six months yeah. uh, you know a, a cycle worth of price increases has happened in the four to six months it's catching up obviously on unsustainably low prices but now it's above what you would expect it would have been for years to come that's structurally affected the selling point of building to a lot of people right now or I think there will be a vacuum of less builds happening sometime over the next year because the the value proposition has to catch up in the rest of the market and the established market to make it worth actually building. One thing I wanted to, I guess, make clear with everyone who's a listener when we're talking about this situation of things having moved from a year ago in terms of build prices to what's happening right now in the crunch of this with all the grants coming in especially is that a builder is not a car salesman. They do not control the costs and the profitability of the whole build. They don't hire all of these brickies and electricians and plumbers on a wage where they control their wages. When the brickie says, I'm not working unless it's for 200% of the price I was paid for a month ago, and the plumber comes in 10%, and the brick supplier comes in 10%, all these things add up. That 10 to 15% the builder was going to make on this project now becomes 0%. And a builder's not going, no one's going to work for 0%. So what that means is essentially most good builders right now, they're not even putting a margin on these increases. They're literally just passing on Mm. the cost increases they're seeing so that they're still making the same amount they would have made when it was first signed as a quote last year. Uh, And that's protected and it's passed on to us as clients, which is really frustrating for us as clients. Uh, But I think it's important to note that most good uh, builders right now, they're not actually making any money out of this. It's just the tradie. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, we're not talking five hundred dollars or yeah. Uh, a builder would wear that. Yeah, you know, most builders for for the sake of trying to keep you know a, a good builder. And most builders like the one I work for are very big on customer service. We we want you to be happy and we want you to have a good experience. So it's not easy to come back to a client and go. You know, and I haven't had to do it. I'm not in that position to. But I can imagine it's very hard to go back to someone and go, hey, um, yeah, we've had to put this extra cost on top of your job for these reasons and. 
this is how much more money you now need to pay. Yeah, that's not a fun conversation to have. Yeah. No one wants to do it. But like you say, it's a lot of money and you, people can't, companies can't just can't absorb it. And that's just one factor, like you say, the brickwork, which is obviously your, your biggest factor. There's a lot of other things that go into a house, materials, you know, and the cost to get the materials to the supplier then goes up. That then goes up for us to get it. Other states, from what I've heard, are, are buying a lot of our timber. So now we're paying a higher premium for the timber that we have here to match what they're paying. So again, it's just so much added on. And if you just absorb it, the builders just wouldn't be around. Simple as that. One thing that's a bigger risk than paying more for your build, which you have the autonomy to say no to and not build if you don't want to, yep. is actually forcing a builder, if you're able to, into the contract anyway. And then them having not put their prices up across all their builds and then going bust halfway through. That is nothing worse than your builder falling apart halfway through your build. Oh, I could only imagine. And again, I think, what was that builder built on that, ha- that happened to a number of years ago, five or six years ago? You know, and then all these houses just in all different stages of build just now in limbo. And then you know, luckily another group took over those homes and finished them and you know, it wasn't the worst outcome. But you can imagine, yeah, how frustrating that would be if you get halfway through a build the company was to shut doors then what you know, yeah then, then you're probably up for a lot more money again so it's it's a hard variant because a lot of people want that you know there's money going around from the government so they want to secure that but at the same time without that they probably couldn't have afforded to so they're going to get themselves in a predicament where they're borrowing up to their you know their 99.99 percent financial capacity and then when the builder comes back and says we need another 10 or 15 grand Nothing whatever left. it is they can't borrow that. They, you know, their their financial ability is superseded, and then you end up in a grey area where they might try and borrow more. So you got to really got to weigh it up. You really know? feel for the most. Yeah, it's exactly. People who are capped out really at what they can afford, even if there is an increase, they actually don't have the cash available or the servicing available to make that up. And that's going to be a lot of people right now stuck in that situation where they were going for the grants back in Q3 of last year and about to get to site now. Builders come at them with a price increase, and they can't actually afford to pay it and i feel really sorry for those people who have put their lives on hold or in a certain direction and then have had the rug pulled from out from under them yeah absolutely it's 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 pretty it is pretty heartbreaking you know they would have had their hopes and dreams up to build a home and probably got quite excited and it's it's not nice no one likes to have to do that but unfortunately things happen factors come into it that no one can really control and you just have to you have to work to those factors and if you can afford it and sustain it all good but if if you have to borrow even more money and you're just living beyond your means so it's just not viable very true so we've spoken about the financial impact on a lot of people a lot of, a lot of clients uh, from from the building side and that's going to keep getting felt i think for another few months as this all starts to plateau out a little bit at these higher costs and expectations generally sit at the right level but with regards to affecting your work life now we've, we've referenced it but i want to get into it a bit more uh, I'm assuming there's a lot more delays in your ability to get the guys you want on site for the best type of work to be done. It's not a case of going, Steve, I need you here next Friday. Uh, he's probably got a number of Carl's calling saying that at certain prices uh, and it might take quite a few weeks of the site sitting vacant waiting for the right guy to come in or just any guy to come in to finish a certain job. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. And again, there's, let's just, and there's not even accurate numbers, but let's just say there's, uh, 5,000 slabs out there in the industry, there's probably only like 800 bricklayers to do them across all the builders. You know, you, you can get just anyone, but there's there's just not that many trades. A lot of guys have left to go to other industries after the last 
you know slump in the industry they've moved over east um covid now affects how many people can actually come back as well mm. you know there's obviously a lot of international workers that come in well, normally they do in. yeah in a situation like this now. we'd normally have the four five sevens come in have you yeah that certain percentage of the industry gets filled keeps the prices down yeah and you just you just don't have that now we're, we're quite scarce so you, yeah you just you do, there's just too much work for the availability of, of people to do it um so how is that you affecting can speak the builds to a, well you can just speak to a bricklayer now you can go up to any bricklayer and he's generally got probably seven at least jobs in front of him that he knows about that he's got booked up in front of him so from a supervisor's point of view and i'm trying to get a new bricklayer on board it's it's very hard to entice a new bricklayer yeah, it'd be like me coming to you and offering a job but same conditions same type of job you know similar kind of area maybe a little bit better area closer to where you live or something maybe 10 cents a brick more you know something minuscule it's hard to get you to leave the person you've probably already got a relationship with and a bond with and have worked with for a long time to come work for me someone you don't know for a buddy you might have worked for before for all you know you could come over and we just don't work well together or you don't like the things we do whatever it is um it's very practical outcomes that clients don't think about yeah it's things like that that they just think there's a million brickies, just go walk down the road and grab that guy. He's only just down the road from my slab. Why can't he just come and do mine? It's, it's, well, it's I wish it was that bit. simple. Is it, it is happening. I'm hearing stories about a lot of brickies getting pulled off-site in the middle of a job. Mm. Yeah, just to be able to go and start another job so there's some progress, then they'll jump back. And again, you've got to think about, though, every time... It's all well and good to get something happening on, on the site, but every time those guys have to pack all their stuff up and drive from that suburb to that suburb... Yeah, how many people get up and go to work in the morning and then might put in a big day here and then get told now you're going to go to this other site and put in another big day there mm. or and then same thing do two days here and pack all your stuff up and go to that office on the other side of perth and do two days there it's frustrating it's time consuming it's just not efficient so fortunately waiting in the industry at the moment is just it's a given it's just going to have to happen we've referenced it before uh so how is this actually affecting the outcome of the time frames for a build what how, how quickly could you build a house a year ago compared to what are you expecting it's going to take now oh a stand like the standard build that we would have done i could easily do from 18 to 25 weeks with ease that's factoring in back then a lot of owner works a lot of owner supplied goods that can you know affect not be delivered on time whatever it might be uh, versus now you're probably looking at more like nine months comfortably i know most slabs are sitting around probably three months at least waiting for a brick there some maybe more again i can't speak for other builders and other other entities in the industry but there's a lot of slabs out there that are sitting so that straight off the bat is a big chunk of time then you can go from you know an organized supervisor will be able to flow the job very efficiently you go from brickwork roof frame all your inners and keep going but again now coming into winter you're gonna have more rain natural issues. delays yeah. exactly that um most people are probably aware of so for example you know uh, your roof might have been due to go on a monday uh, but it rained so then it'll go on tuesday when it's sunny but all your walls are wet so you can't plaster wet walls you can't dry line wet walls so uh, jobs up in roller stone or the hills for example where it's colder that can take two three weeks to dry for the walls to be able to dry so we can actually then and do our next stage of progress and again a lot of people a lot of clients that are not i would say uneducated but just unaware don't know the ins and outs of the of certain things and how they're done won't know they'll just see a house in there for three weeks going this is bullshit my roof's on get something happening get someone in there and it's like we can do that but then there's shoddy work Hmm. he's gonna have bigger issues down the track uh maintenance issues then you know we weren't in the home we weren't in the work so then 
more cost to us, more inconvenience to you once you live in the home, big snowball of things that you don't want. How long do you see this lasting for? When do you reckon it could get to a point where you're back in control of your own work? Oh, I like to think I'm always in control, but uh, <laughs> uh, look, back, back to um, a sense of normality in terms of rates, build times, yeah, a bit of a plateau in the, in the whole lot. I would say probably at least uh, 12 to 18 months, uh, approximately. Depends if you know the government doesn't go and throw another another spanner in the works and or another something to entice people to come out of the woodwork but yeah around about i would say 18 18 months comfortably around about that time things should somewhat taper off and 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 normalize and plateau i would think do you think that the extension of the gov of the federal grants has helped or will help to smooth out some of this this crunch which was always going to be in the may june time frame do yeah. you think it's helped to push a few into, into july august september and give a little bit of assistance there with what's going on in your side of the coin yeah for sure absolutely so if you again like you say they i think all the slabs that had the government grants uh tied to them or would you know your slab had to go down to get them it had to be down by the end of june i believe it was and that's been pushed out yeah so from our side of the fence alone the bit i work for we we <laughs> we had a amount of limpest amount of work ahead of us to get those all down then you're looking at all these slabs sitting down so you multiply that by we're not the biggest group we're not the biggest company in the industry the bigger guys that have far more to put down it means we're all trying to get granos there's only so many granos in you're the all industry. fighting over the there's same guys so many concrete you? so yeah again having that deadline now pushed back like i say it relieves pressure now everyone's going we can actually yeah we don't have to get 70 slabs down and we can get 50 and then you know or 55 55 55 and work out that do that, it safely do it yeah, properly pr- do it properly because yeah, it's it's like with anything when people are under pressure and they're rushed, it's just not good. It's not it's not what you want. You want people to be able to be doing things properly, doing them in a timely manner, and not just rushing around like headless chooks trying to get everything done. So a lot of builders and a lot of people have learned a lot of lessons from the last boom. You know, a lot of just just lessons, a lot of things that come out of it. Um, whether it's poor workmanship or building requirements or the way things are done a lot of things were looked at by the building commission so it's a lot more tie downs now uh, this time around to tie down a tin roof there's far more involved there's just far more in the builds and far more focus now so it's not just a like it would have been 20 30 years ago slap up some bricks chuck some timber on a roof there's you know you have to control even from one house to the next if one's high you have to control the water flow you can't have any stormwater from your house intruding on their site. There's just so many more things factored into a build these days. And to give any advice, just a little bit of patience. Do you know? Do your research, like people, most people do. If you see a, a good car, you go, "Oh, where'd you buy that from?" Oh, yeah, the dealership is a real good dealer. Do do some research, but also just speak to people you trust. Um, drive around, have a look at some houses being built. And if you know anything about building, you you will likely be able to pick up quality. You can go that you know that that looks good. We've been past four of those houses from that builder. They they seem to do that really well. I like that. Can't hurt. Carl, I really appreciate your time again, mate. I think this has been a good insight. Hearing it from the horse's mouth, if I can say that about guess what's going on. The pressures you're feeling, and that everyone in is in this together, understanding that uh, the free market has allowed for this demand and supply situation with regards to trades within their rights to charge what they can, as they always have. Uh, back in the day, it was a lot less than. Uh, than most of us would work for and now it's a lot more than most of us expect it will balance out but in the meantime we're paying what we have to to get things done and we're all working uh, 
the best we can to deal with it uh, from client to builder, construction supervisor, and then tradie at the end. We'll all work through it together, but thank you very much for giving us an insight from your side of the fence as to what's going on. And I'm sure we'll have you in again soon. I appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!